Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Hopefully you can keep your job and your income and your business running through this. Hopefully the stimulus money can help soften the blow on that front and then wait and see what opportunities can come over the next six to 18 months or so. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're gonna help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're gonna help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're gonna be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, It allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template 
should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Travis Watts. Travis, how are you doing today? Hey, Theo. I think I know you from somewhere, don't I? Yeah, I think I know you from somewhere as well. So if you guys don't know, Travis is the Director of Investor Relations at Ashcroft Capital. So that's how I know him. met him at our first quarterly meeting. I'm looking forward to our conversation because I haven't been able to have a long conversation with them yet. So I'm looking forward to getting some advice. And it's like you guys are looking forward to it as well. A little bit more about Travis. So he's a full-time passive investor, as well as the Director of Investor Relations at Ashcroft Capital. In 2009, he started investing in multifamily, single family, and vacation rentals. He's based in Denver, Colorado, and you can say hi to him at ashcroftcapital.com. You guys should all be able to spell that by now. So Travis, before we begin, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus today. Travis has some really good articles on our blog right now. So we're going to talk about one of those in particular, maybe talk about the other one as well. Before we get into that, Travis, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. Appreciate that intro. So I got started in real estate as probably a lot of people do, probably the majority of real estate investors. So single family kind of led to trying to scale that portfolio up. The problem that I have personally, which isn't applicable to everyone, but I was working a full-time W-2 job, more importantly, a 98-hour work week job where I was away from home, completely dedicated to that. And as I started trying to scale single family on the side, doing some flips and vacation rentals, things like that, it just got to be too hands-on for me, which I had to go back to the drawing board, learn how to become a completely passive investor, what strategies and assets and, and things like that existed. And that's where I ran into syndication investing in real estate. So I made a complete transition around 2015 through 2016, where I was selling all my single family. I was going all into multifamily and syndications. And that's brought us to the last five, six years. Came on board with Ashcroft to just help spread education around passive investing and what benefits those can have for certain people's lives. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. So one article that I really liked was your article about inflation and how people can benefit from the inflation from printing off $2 trillion in cash. So do you want to summarize that article? And then if there's anything else you want to talk about as it relates to inflation? Yeah. And again, I think that article is out there both on the best ever community. I put it out there, I think under my bigger pockets as well, things like that. So check it out. But the concept is pretty basic, really. This is a topic we could have talked about a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. And that's just this idea that the Federal Reserve is printing money. Every time we're going into these crisis situations, 2008, eight, nine. now this pandemic here being probably the worst in terms of what we're going to see in money printing, that's devaluing the purchasing power of the dollar. So there's a lot of scary headlines out there that you read about the mortgage crisis and just what's unfolding and all this scary bad news. But here's a way to look at it in the light of real estate, whether we're talking single family, multifamily, whatever. When you're acquiring debt, so you're going out to get a mortgage, 
you're hopefully getting some long-term fixed rate debt, depending on what you're doing, meaning that you're locking in a payment every month that's going to be due. Let's just call it a thousand bucks a month for a owner-occupied home. That's your mortgage payment. So that payment on the debt side is never going to change for 15 years, 30 years, whatever kind of mortgage you get. The idea is as we move forward and the Fed continues printing and printing and the purchasing power of the dollar is going down and down and down, you're basically using cheaper dollars to pay off that debt. So what is $1,000 in today's money could be worth $200 down the road in the future. So it's going to make it much easier to pay off that debt long-term. And more specifically, in terms of investment real estate, your tenants are paying that off anyhow. So that's what the article is kind of about from a high level. For those that may not be tuned in, yes, the Fed has already printed a couple trillion dollars and that can quickly escalate to four, six, ten. I hear all kinds of numbers out there. But the scary thing to think about is, This is how inflation is created. Basically, inflation is the cost of goods going up year after year after year. So it takes more and more dollars to purchase the exact same thing years down the road. So the crisis here, in my opinion, if you want to look at the negative side of things, is we've got 2019, $4 trillion in circulation. That's like our money supply. So if the Fed's going to go and print $4 trillion, as an example, then Theoretically, we're going to have some massive inflation kicking in at some point, theoretically doubling in price, at least maybe not today or tomorrow or next year, but down the road. So if anything, look at this in a positive light. We got all time low interest rates. It's a great time to be refinancing projects and potentially getting involved with real estate if that's something that you haven't done yet or that you're currently doing. So a little long winded. There's still hopefully some value in reading that article, but that's the high level. So obviously you said it makes sense to get debt, but since I've got a thousand dollar payment and I've got a hundred grand, let's just say sitting in my bank account right now. And in five years from now, that hundred thousand dollars is going to be worth, let's just say $10,000. Practically speaking, should I be paying down my debt on my properties? Yeah, that's a good question. The way I look at it is what's my alternative? So in general, right now, we have a lot of low interest rate debt for things like real estate, whereas a lot of folks might have at this time high interest rate debt. They might have personal loans from a bank or credit card or retail debt, things they're paying 10, 15, 20, 25% annually on. That's what I'd be focused on right now, paying down. And what I mean by alternatives is if you've got a a three and a half percent mortgage today, could that money be better utilized if you were to invest it in something that could produce a higher return, like an eight to 10% annualized cash flow return? So I'm not giving any kind of financial advice to anybody, but it just depends on your situation, what kinds of debt you have. But certainly for the folks that are saying, I have 100000 in the bank account, I'm just going to let that set and ride for the next 10, 20 years as my little reserve account, you're most certainly going to be losing a lot of that purchasing power over that time. So I'd be looking for ways, while safely and conservatively keeping your emergency fund in place, certain months of living expenses, three to six months is what you commonly hear. I'd be looking at places to park that capital, things like real estate that are kind of a, a hedge against inflation somewhat. Well, okay. So thanks for sharing that. So changing gears a little bit. So you are a full-time passive investor. Most of the people I've talked about the coronavirus are actively investing. So we talk about rent collections and making sure they can pay their mortgage payments and asking how much cash reserves they have. But something that I'd be interested to ask you about as a full-time passive investor is 
are you still seeing opportunities to invest in right now or is that slowed down? And if so, what's your strategy of the next, say, six to 12 months as a passive investor? Are you kind of in a holding pattern? Are you still looking for deals? Things like that. You kind of just mind talking about that for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I guess kind of the unique perspective or the benefit of not only being an investor with one group like Ashcroft, but being an investor with 14 different groups is I get invited to a lot of webinars, a lot of conference calls, I get a lot of email updates, I get a lot of here's what we're doing in terms of COVID and all this kind of stuff. So I have a bit of a broad perspective on what a lot of folks are doing out there. In general, this interview is taking place mid-April. This is our first real impacted month. This whole Corona thing got real serious towards the end of March and then rent was due April 1st. So my opinion here is that a lot of people were already kind of set up and primed to pay their rent anyway. They already had it in the bank or in their savings account. They were ready to go for April. I'm a little more concerned maybe with May and June and however long we're in this lockdown and the economy shut down and things like that. What I have seen more specifically to answer your question with these different syndication groups in general is a little bit of wait and see right now. It's a little too early to start calling the shots. It's a little too early to start saying, oh, there's all these new deals popping up, things like that. It's hard to look at a T12 statement and have that make a lot of sense looking at 2019 numbers when now we're in this state where we don't know what our paid rents are going to be, what our collections are going to end up being. So I'm a bit of the same mindset. I did invest in some recent deals that have closed through the March timeframe. I think one in April. But at this point, I'm focused more on making sure I have adequate cash reserves personally on hand in case things pop up, capital calls, whatever, or best case scenario, I just hoard a little bit of cash. And then maybe by late summer, there's some deals popping up that make a lot of sense to get involved with and I'll have the cash to do it. So that's kind of where I sit. It's a little bit of sit and wait, probably through April and May. And hopefully we'll know a whole lot more in June and hopefully the the numbers start making sense again and the economy starts reopening, but we'll see who knows. Exactly. So definitely wait and see right now. So you mentioned that you're getting a lot of communications from either deals you're investing in with all types of sponsors. Do you mind walking us through as a passive investor, what types of communication you're getting from syndicators and more specifically, maybe tell us what a good communication looks like at a time like this. And maybe some things that you see and it's kind of making you worried and you consider a bad communication. Something I talk about on podcasts is why I like syndicate groups that not only distribute monthly distributions, but hand in hand, they report monthly. I think in a time like this, it means a lot. No one wants to sit here three or four months to wait on an update to see how their property is doing. And some groups to this point that are quarterly that I've invested with have literally sent out one communication since this whole thing started to unfold. And I don't appreciate that. (laughs) So I'm all about transparency and, and proactiveness, communication. So what does that prompt investors to do? Call, email, just bug you to death. So why don't you just get the information out? So what am I seeing is a lot to do with helping the tenants helping educate how they can file for unemployment if they've lost their jobs, how they can maybe get on some kind of payment plan and maybe make a half payment on the 1st and a half payment on the 15th. Resources for companies hiring in the local area. There's obviously some businesses somewhat thriving right now. It's kind of a weird word to use, but Amazon's hiring, grocery stores are hiring. There's a lot of opportunities 
I invest mostly in workforce housing, B and C class properties. So a lot of these folks are in an income range of 30,000 to maybe 60,000 a year household income. So a lot of opportunities are available for folks like that, depending on the area where your property is located. So in general, that's the communication I've been getting is let's wait and see how collections pan out. And here's where we are as of today. And how does that compare to the previous quarter? But I don't need a communication every day because it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think at least a monthly communication is ideal. A lot of groups have been doing webinars, Q&A calls, things like that. And I think that goes a long way as well in a crisis situation like this. Another article that you wrote on the website, and I'm sure it's on LinkedIn, your bigger pockets profile as well, is about the mortgage crisis. Do you mind talking about that for a little bit? Sure. That one's a little more technical. I think there's a lot of key elements that are just probably better read through the article itself. But basically what you've been hearing a lot in the headlines is things like this mortgage forbearance or people aren't paying their mortgages, they're not paying their rent. Well, the thing is, <laughs> there's a chain effect here, okay? So it starts with, let's say, the homeowner saying, I'm not going to make my mortgage payment. But then what a lot of people don't understand is that mortgages are often sold, okay? And they're sold and they're wrapped up into collateralized mortgage obligations, investments, basically that, that people can invest in where you're investing in different tranches and things like that. So you've got the bank or the lender, you've got the tenant, and then you've got the investment, and then you've got the investors behind the scenes there. And it's like, who's left holding the bag here? And that's kind of what the crisis is, is trying to figure out what kind of stimulus is coming for who exactly. It's going to start with probably the person that's supposed to be paying their rent or their mortgage, and then it's going to go as a trickle-down effect. But it could completely implode parts of the lending industry. So it really is a crisis in a sense. But anyway, there's much more detail that's probably better found in the article. But yeah, there's another recent one that I just put out. You don't have to answer this question if you want to, if I'm putting on the spot. But I did read recently that Chase kind of changed their mortgage criteria. So they're only yeah. lending to people who have credit score of 700 or higher and then yep. 20% down payments, which seems to be one of the first residential lending institutions to make changes such as that. I guess my question would be, do you think that that is going to be an opening for other lending institutions to also change their lending criteria? And if yes, what kind of effect do you think that'll have on the overall real estate market? Yeah, I'm happy to give kind of a high level overview. And that's kind of how that article ends that I wrote or like, what are the practical takeaways here? Well, if you're selling a home, it may be a little bit harder for obvious reasons to get a buyer just because people aren't getting out as much or they may not be in the investment market space as much right now. But more importantly, as to your point, someone who's qualified. So which lenders are still lending? And if they are, like you said, I think that banks are going to be tightening up quite a bit right now, obviously to lower their risk, right? They don't want any defaults and there's probably a lot of defaults coming their way. In fact, today, maybe yesterday, was an earnings report for a lot of banks and they're in a bad place right now. And they say they see a bit of a grim immediate future here, at least talking through the next quarter. So with all of this mortgage forbearance and, and people not paying and unemployment spiking, it's a tough time to be a bank. <laughs> and so if you're buying 
to your point, you may have to have a little bit better credit. You may need to put a little bit more down. If you're selling, it's a little harder to find a qualified buyer. So obviously that's going to have an effect in the residential space, of course, hundred percent, but in no way, shape or form, in my opinion, are we talking about something similar to 0809 housing, real estate crisis? That's not exactly what's happening this time. Thanks for sharing that. Is there anything else you want to mention as it relates to the coronavirus and real estate that we haven't talked about already before we hop into the lightning round? There's always a silver lining to this stuff. Even 0809, yes, it's bad news and there's negativity everywhere and nobody knows and where's the bottom, but there's always going to be opportunities that pop up, not only in the syndication space and the publicly traded stuff, but look at this as an opportunity to, number one, above all, educate yourself. This is a really great time to educate yourself, figure out what your goals are. And it's a great time to get started. As you alluded to in the beginning of this podcast, I got started in 2009. Well, that was not quite the absolute bottom of the market, but it was pretty near and close to it. And riding the wave up over the next decade is helpful, (laughs) for lack of better words. It wasn't the perfect time to get in, but it was a pretty decent time. So just Hopefully you can keep your job and your income and your business running through this. Hopefully the stimulus money can help soften the blow on that front and then wait and see what opportunities can come over the next six to 18 months or so. All right, Travis, ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Okay, Travis, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I think you just said the title of it. It's the best ever uh, apartment investing book that you and Joe wrote. But uh, (laughs) no, that's actually a really great book that you guys wrote. I actually just bought that the other day and gave it to someone who was looking to be a GP themselves. But one that's kind of a a classic that I've recently reread is Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins' book. I don't even know when he wrote that, probably in the 80s. But man, is it just timeless, great insight and info for self-development. If your passive investing business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Oh, what would I do next? So trying to make this as short as possible, but I've always been a huge advocate of the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early, which has a lot to do with reducing your expenses and overhead, making as much money as you can make and investing that into things that produce passive income. I would stay on the passive income route. I would just look for an opportunity to make as much income as I could put my focus back there again. Do you mind telling us about a deal that you lost the most money on? How much you lost and the lesson that you learned? Yeah, I invested in something I clearly didn't know that much about. It was a distressed debt syndication fund. Sometimes I experiment outside of real estate. That was one of the first big experiments I did. 
put maybe, I don't even know, there were two funds, maybe 175K in and lost as to date, maybe 40 to 50% and could be a lot worse. It's in a receivership right now. So who knows what that'll end up being, but that was a rough ride. What about the best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal was actually in the single family space during, I think it was like 2013 to 2015, somewhere in that. I bought a house from a bank. I paid 97000 for it. I didn't do anything to it. I just rented it out as is, and I sold it two years later for two fifteen. What is the best ever way you like to give back? My time, week to week, I take calls with all types of people, not only investors, but people looking to house hack or do a fix and flip or become a GP, sometimes an LP. And I just love sharing experience, talking through things, handing off resources. Like I just mentioned the book you wrote with Joe. I gave that as a resource to someone just last week. So just sharing my time. I just wish that there had been more people in my life when I got started that I could have reached out to to say, hey, that classic let me pick your brain for 30 minutes. <laughs> so I give people that, that opportunity. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Probably email Travis at ashcroftcapital.com or ashcroftcapital.com forward slash passive investor. I've got a free passive investing guide there and it connects you with me if you'd like to jump on a phone call as well. Perfect. Well, best ever listeners, make sure you take advantage of that and make sure you check out the two articles that we talked about today. The first one is how inflation can benefit you over the next decade. And the second one is the mortgage crisis. Will you be affected? So as Travis mentioned, the mortgage crisis, will you be affected one goes into more technical detail on that. Besides those two other articles, the one other main takeaway that I got was you talking about the types of communications you've been getting from different sponsors. You've got some people who haven't reached out at all. Some people that are reaching out a little bit too much. And the sweet spot is monthly communication, letting you know what's going on at the property and being transparent and honest. And I think that is it. So Travis, it's been nice talking to you. Best ever listeners, as always, thanks for listening. Have a best ever day and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo.